to kill the man, main antagonist and then bring her back to life within five minutes. And then somehow think that you're going to actually root for her. Why? Because. That's all. Because. Because we said so. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Do you know where you are? You're in a dream. Would you like to wake up from this dream? Have you ever questioned the nature of your reality? Can Soster them? Said coffee, flash? Podcast. Welcome to the Coffee Clatch Crew Westworld episode review. I'm Jason Pistorino. I'm Christina Lomangino. And today we bring ourselves back online for one more game with episode 408, K Sarah Sarah. The season four finale. Written by Allison Shapker and Jonathan Nolan and directed by Richard Lewis, IMDb is giving this episode a 7.3 and Rotten Tomatoes a 63%. We'll talk about where we landed for the season and the series with our ratings. The tagline is, like what I've done with the place, I just cranked it to expert level. Yeah, we'll... We'll see what we think about that. It's supposed to be a play on video games. I mean, as far as if we're actually playing at expert level or not. Well, we're playing at god level. Just can't die. Everyone has a respawn. The critics say Westworld has long been a story that intentionally keeps looping in on itself. A place where everyone dies and no one dies. Where past and present are continually being rewritten and rewired. Where season-long arcs get easily repurposed, oftentimes with just different trappings. If this is the end of the series, it seems the ultimate fate of intelligent life and whether we have the capacity to choose something better is left up to us to decide. And I think that is a main theme here that we did not get too many answers on anything. And we can talk about as we go through if we think that is indeed because the creators were unsure if they would be given a season five. And so perhaps this is a end to season four, a potential end to the entire series, or a potential open it back up to a final season. And that is hard to write effectively. If they had that information, I don't know how long, because it doesn't seem as though it was woven through the rest of the season. Mm. So it's really hard to figure out, but we're going to just discuss this as a standalone episode and as a season four finale, what we thought. And then towards the end, we'll talk about our wrap-up and feelings on everything as a whole. I personally love this episode. (laughs) Somehow I feel like you're not telling the truth with that. (laughs) Just kidding. I I will say openly at the top, so if you don't like this opinion and you're not interested in hearing it, you don't have to go any further. I hated this episode. I thought it was terrible. Okay, there it is right up front. I'm not going to shower lots of false glowing praise on it because... I've heard some podcasts doing that, trying to walk the middle line and keep the gate open for the future when they clearly did not like it. And I don't feel like that does a service to anyone. Agreed. But along the terms of what you said, I think some podcasts are afraid. They they feel like they have to toe the line. And I did want to thank our Clatchers for allowing us to have opinions and not hating us for having different opinions from them. In this state of the world, it's very dangerous to have an opinion. Unpopular. Even if it's just about a make-believe show. Because we've gotten emails from people writing to us as if we were talking about an actual victim in life. As if we chastised a a real victim in life. We treated them as pure entertainment. These characters. Yeah. But that's it, a quote. It's fictional entertainment. Yep. That's 
that's what we're all doing here, right? I totally agree. Thank you to all of our Clatchers who have stayed with us this season, who have given us your honest opinions and listened to ours. I think that's what's fun about this, analyzing the show. We're not here to just trash it, of course. No. I don't think that's fun either. We'll talk about what we liked what questions we have, if this is open for another season. By the way, if they do a season five, we'll cover it. Of course we will. will. I want to see where this show goes. But to be honest, I've sort of said from the beginning of season four, this is not my favorite season. I know some people loved it. They thought it was a return to form of season one. I know that I'm in the minority of fairly enjoying season two and looking for that to return. Whereas Three felt a little too straightforward Mm. for me, like they swung the pendulum all the way back in the other direction. And also that they want to dismiss some of that now in season four, because I don't think they loved it, the creators. There's a lot of three that remains open that they never return to. They tried to strike a balance in four here. I appreciate that. There's some episodes I liked for that in the middle of the season. But on a bigger level, it felt like they had gigantic questions they'd been hanging over from season one that they did nothing to answer, and I'm not confident they have answers. So if I knew for sure that's being left for a season five, I can deal with it. I still feel as though we should have gotten some of that resolution here. You can't continue to not resolve anything. But thinking that it could be the end forever is supremely disappointing because some of those bigger thematic type lines that we've been discussing, I was really hoping to see where do they fall on it. And I don't feel like I got a lot of that. And I'm sorry to say, I don't think you're going to get it next season because what we saw in the end of this doesn't seem like it's the type of situation will you get where you will get answers from the past Mm -hmm. this looks like a whole new one last game which they keep doing each season and never sort of putting that cap on and you know to a certain extent yeah leaving it up to us is interesting it is part of the entertainment to talk about what we think and have those choices talk about the word choices be up to us but I think you do need to take a stance because there's other items that need some sort of closure that we're not giving here now, for me, this season, especially in the mid-season part, I was enjoying myself. And you'll see it in my grading. I was grading a lot of them high. I don't think I ever went to nine, but... I went up to a nine for episode six. There you go. And I did probably say that besides season one, this was shaping up to be my second favorite season. But then again, that doesn't say much because season two and season three weren't that good. So See, I liked two, though. They pull, It feels like... This is probably cliche. I don't listen to other podcasts. They've probably said this. So apologies. It feels like a GOT finale. Well, yeah. And, you know, spoilers, because we are going to talk about the series as a whole and our feelings. It's very easy for me to say my ranks are chronological, with one being my favorite, then two, then three, then four in the amount I've enjoyed it. And that is a little difficult to keep going the enthusiasm for a potential future season, Mm. because as they go along, As the answers do not come season after season, the themes get muddled. The connections for my characters get lessened because people are removed, humans and hosts, from the playing board. It gets harder and harder to figure out why I continue to enjoy this show. And I think part of that mid-season was coming back for me because there was a return to someone like Bernard, who had a greater plan and a mission he was on, to Maeve, who was being brought back. 
establishing these human emotional connections with characters like Caleb, Caleb and his daughter Frankie. When I said last episode, it felt like they flipped the whole table upside down. Yeah. They did and they left it there. <laughs> and they said most of them will be dead. So that's personally just not something I find satisfying. And that is going to vary for each person that's watching this show, what they're looking for, I suppose. I think it's interesting, though, that it's all in the title. And I wonder if the creators knew this, <laughs> knew the feelings coming into it. I mean, it's not accidental. They named it K sera sera. Whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours to see. It's maybe it, guys. We'll see. Are we going to get another one? We're not sure. If not, that's all we got. It's definition throughout history has meant a sort of cheerful fatalism. It's a phrase we might speak when we're resigned to a situation or at peace with whatever the outcome may be. It carries the connotation of leaving one's life in the hands of fate. And I wonder if that's a theme we see with the characters throughout. And that's what I really want to discuss because this whole situation is going to hang on what do we think about Dolores? And that's been the case from the opener. I said, I feel like they're stringing us along very slowly with her. <laughs> We're not going to get to a point where we truly get it by the end of the season. And I don't think that we do. So how we see that dictates perhaps how we feel about the show. Nah. Well, show sucked. Let me raise some <laughs> let me raise some points here because some of the big questions are who is that Dolores? Is it in fact the original Westworld Pearl, the prime Dolores who then made copies of herself, one which became Hale, others throughout escaping the park? Huh. Is it pieces of her that were extracted from Rehoboam and incomplete and put into a pearl? You're talking is about it, Christina? Christina slash Dolores, which okay, version do we have by the end? Because she talks about recreating a world in a simulation we have to imagine based on data that she has with inside her and memories of others that she doesn't. Mm. And which version of Dolores we're getting dictates who gets recreated, how that happens, how the world looks in the future. So I think that's a crucial point that I at least was looking for some resolution on. Um, that I think is still very open. Anyhow, one more quick note before we get to our plot. We had a few good music items this time. Ring of Fire, Johnny Cash, fittingly enough, as the man in black drives through the forest. Of course, Que Sera Sera, Doris Day, that Caleb sings to Frankie. And Pyramid Song, Jawadi's rendition of Radiohead that plays as Dolores walks through the ruined city. Yeah, walks very slowly. Do you realize, and I said this a couple of episodes ago, how slow everyone walks. When Hale was walking into Hoover Dam, walking slow. Yeah, is this a host thing, maybe? <laughs> maybe it's a host walking thing. walking slow. Well, let's jump into our plot. We're going to talk about Hale, her versus the man in black, Christina, Caleb's journey with Frankie, and finishing up with Dolores. But we have a version of a cold open, if you will, that comes first. We pan through the city streets, dead bodies littered, smoke lingering, and a fly buzzing along. Checking, perhaps, the dead? The few humans left try to make it out but are quickly killed. A man named Banker says to another surviving woman, Fuck me running. Relax, we're both on the home team. The humans just lost it, killing everyone, not even any dialogue. He doesn't think this was part of Hale's plan because she doesn't have a sense of humor. So it seems like everything has gone awry and their only choice is to survive. Well, this is it. Survival of the fittest, right? But they're both killed. Another is killed. And the last man standing is the man in black. You bring up something that I actually did enjoy. And I've said this in the past. I love when Doctor Who does this. 
there was a few callbacks. And this was a great opportunity to have some callbacks of some hosts. Granted, we don't have a lot of writing for them, so we'll have them come in, we'll see them really quick, and then they, and then they die. That's the first one, the man named Banker. We remember him from the park. And then we see later on two hosts that we're well aware of that were very memorable that you're, hunt down the man in black. You're talking about Rebus and Major Craddock. That's right. Now, I love those. That I don't mind. Ones that didn't have a huge storyline were definitely hosts being recycled through stories as needed. Where I get frustrated is ones that kind of do and they built up a little bit like Clementine, mm-hmm. but that make no sense. And oh, they're yeah. just using them for plot purposes. I really don't like what they've done with her. That's completely different. But I do enjoy this opening, and I do enjoy, in fact, when we switch into the next few scenes with Hale discovering Bernard's message, because this is a big question we left off with. Whose plan is this, really, at the end of the day? Was it Bernard orchestrating all of it? How much did Hale know? Was she in on it? Was she testing Dolores? And it turns out, really, it was Bernard, which was my inkling for a good portion of this, that Hale was not aware of a lot of this stuff that was happening. Now, why she seems to be so quickly (laughs) turned from arch-villain, totally dismissive of all the humans, not even thrilled with most of the hosts who refused to transcend with her, to completely brought over to Bernard's way of being based on one video message? I don't know. Well, so we were way off, and I still believe it would have been way more interesting if our other quote-unquote heroes, any, anyone but Hale, if the message was for them. And we talked those out last episode, what those could have possibly been. I had no idea, and I did not think it'd be to Hale. And you're right. That was not enough for me, one, to start to root for her. To a heel turn. Or two, to a hail turn. <laughs> to a hail turn, nice. Or two, to believe that this would make her turn after all of this. Here's the person you hate, and he's just going to leave a video message, and you're, you're going to change your whole mind. So that leads me to... I was going to wait, but it just fits here. The scenes with Hale against the man in black, I'm not rooting for either of them. Now, you know I love the man in black, and I was starting to love this one when I thought he was making a toe turn towards the human part turn. of it. A hat turn. There we go. Towards the human part of it, and he would actually be the good guy, not a full Terminator. So now it's like I have no one to root for, and it wasn't fun. There was nothing there. Correct. I completely agree. Two things I will say about that. The meat was all here for Hale to not make her a black and white villain. Mm -hmm. They set it all up in season three. And part of me clung to that because I could see where I thought they should go. That she diverged from Dolores Prime. She had experiences that were different. She retained some of her humanity from Charlotte Hale. So much so that she couldn't let it go. She kept the scars. She keeps them through to the end of this episode, even when she's rebuilt to remind her. That emotion, that humanity, conveys such a strong message for how hosts are not that different from us. Not just because of their makeup or what they can experience, but being reflections of the people they were created by. That's exactly what they tell us this season. Why they didn't configure that better if they just thought it would be fun to have Tessa Thompson play an all-out villain. People loved that scene where she wanted a human chair. And I said, I think this is so stupid because that's what you're doing, a mustache-twirling, all-bad villain. And I never bought her as that. I wanted her to be more gray. In that event, this change at the end would make so much more sense. 
at the end of the day, you're still one of us. And it's important to save hosts and humans alike. And if we don't do that, it means extinction for both kinds. I could see a different writing of this season where Hale gets to that point. Uh, The problem is they just didn't do it. No, you can't go from seven episodes of her just being all out, balls to the wall, my way or the highway, I don't see anybody's opinions, it's what I believe in, to I just died. Oh, I mean, not even to talk about the fact that it was unceremonious that she's alive again right away. So it was like, oh, who cares? Every oh, host. This is God, what I said about alive. death having no stakes. Yeah. And then, okay, so she's alive and I'm already annoyed. I'm like, wow, that took a matter of five minutes. Was there a point to killing her at all? No. Last episode. No. Because if her death does something to change her, if we saw what a host death looks like, how do they experience it? Do they feel differently when brought back online? That would be something Again, intriguing. now we could see... Maybe she remembers the piece of her that was Dolores Uh, Prime, that wanted to save people. If they showed in this episode her starting to glitch out when she was dying and starting to see those moments. Okay, maybe. but Remember, original Dolores that she was built from, who saw the beauty of the world. Yeah. Come on, it's all there, guys. And keeping the man in black so black hat is frustrating until this point when they go up against each other and then that would work. Because he's so bad, you're rooting for Hale despite her flaws. It doesn't really. It doesn't at all. And the fact that she wasn't a part of setting Dolores up for this Mm. also does not make any sense. At the end of the day, we're going to find out Dolores did this to herself. There are a bunch of things that now, for me, don't really fit into that. Where it felt like she was being imprisoned here. And maybe trying to be brought forcibly to consciousness, which makes sense, right? We talked about the host's journey involving so much suffering. Is this part of what she has to go through? I don't know why she would do that to herself. And I don't know why Hale's plan. So for instance, as you mentioned, this scene starts off in front of a pretty still intact tower that we saw totally explode last time, but whatever. A drone host brings in Hale's body and repairs her. She has to be made stronger. By the way, why wouldn't she have been Dude, as strong as possible? Day one, I would have been like, make day me a one? tank. Keep my face. Make me indestructible. Now that titanium <laughs> frame we've seen before when Maeve was rebuilt, it is stronger, capable of more than others. Now we didn't know it was capable of crushing a pearl. Again, new rules that were just... Pulling out of nowhere, because that's pretty freaking important. But okay, she wasn't fully strong. Now she is. She keeps her scars. She keeps her face. So William will know it's her when she kills him. And then at the top of the tower, she surveys the damage that's been done. The map is fritzing. The windows are blown out. Her access to the system is blocked, most importantly. So she can't override the tones of the Man in Black's violent message. It continues to be broadcast, because... Tower's not that broke, I guess. It can still broadcast. A drone hands her the tablet with Bernard's message. And he says, If you're seeing this, it means Maeve and I are dead. It won't be long before you and every other host is dead as well. This isn't the world you wanted, but it is the one you created. The question is, what happens next? After watching this, she smashes the tablet and stomps through the city map on the floor. This was kind of cool looking. It creates a maze-like pattern around the cement. And as she's stomping, we see Christina's world becoming fuzzy. So this is exactly what we said. She's being kept in some sort of digital location. Yeah. 
with inside the tower. So she's... The computer. Living within the computer, her pearl actually placed underneath the floor. She is the computer. She is the, the ghost in the computer, much as we thought. And the tower is broadcasting those messages about storylines, how people live. This is pretty much everything we thought in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Because as she removes it, storing the pearl, Christina's world totally disappears. And we'll come back to her being kept inside the walled garden for now, we assume, just existing within her pearl. But that's interesting as well, because it insinuates unless a pearl is being crushed, that host's existence, consciousness, continues on inside of the pearl. The pearl is almost a universe unto itself, a mini computer that keeps operating. Talk about... A scary existence if you're removed from a body or a system to interact within, but you're not crushed. It's like being trapped inside that pearl forever. So these are things, man, I wish they would have gone more into. That is supremely interesting. You know what? It made me think of the way, obviously, I don't know the real way this happens, but the way some movies and TV shows depict it, uh, people in comas. Yeah, Right? Trapped in your body. The thought consciousness goes on, but you have no impact on the world around you. It's exactly what's happening to her right now. And she's so terrified. We're going to hear her talk about that later. She's bringing back the creations of her own mind, her friend to talk to, because where am I? What happens now? I don't even totally understand what's going on. Did you like that? Did you like it that it was her own creations coming in to help her rather than Bernard? No, helping. we're going to get to that in just okay. a minute, though. Let's hold the Christina stuff. Back to the Hale stuff. I don't care about her. <laughs> well, so she was sort of imprisoning her. She was keeping her here in order to run her city, mm-hmm. run her game. And yet she didn't really have any control over what was going on inside the Pearl. We saw her perhaps occasionally trying to check up on that. Um, as we suspected, entering the digital space, kind of like running a, a diagnostic, a scan to talk to Christina. Where are you at? Are you on to stuff? What are you picking up on when she thinks she's her roommate from college? Mm-hmm. But everything else that's going on day to day there, you know, as we mentioned, does she get a full printout? Does she read absolutely everything that's happening? No, she doesn't. That's Dolores running her own script. After Hale does this, she takes the pearl and she goes to find a dying human William. Clementine is there, and she tells Hale she was wrong to think she could keep him as a pet. Also, she doesn't want to help with this next phase. She's done. She just wants a chance to finally experience a world for herself rather than always helping other people. So Hale lets her go. I don't know what the point of all of that was, but she lets her go. She pulls up a map of the other hosts in the area and locates the man in black. We see him driving through the forest until Rebus, as we mentioned, Stephen Ogg, and Major Craddock, Jonathan Tucker, appear and shoot out his tires, thinking Icarus flew too close to the sun. And it turns out we're not really going to get to interact with them. The man in black quickly shoots them and then puts on a pair of digital glasses to communicate with Hale. Augmented reality. Yes. Apple's augmented reality is coming out Did in a year. Did we know they could do that in this world? Nope. Yeah. I didn't think so. But if we're going to get it in a year, of course they have it. Well, why haven't we seen this stuff? Know, though? That like, would be cool. This is great. And he tells her, your world was already a game. I just cranked it to expert level. Survival of the fittest for everyone. We're fruit from a rotten tree, the hosts. You might as well burn it all down. This is when Hale thinks he's going after the sublime next. He wants to take out everything, but she won't let him destroy it. So the race is going to be on. (laughs) 
to who can, who can get to the sublime first. I don't even want to talk about the logistics because no, it does not make any sense how he's taking a truck and then a horse from New York to the Hoover Dam and is going to beat Hale in her air hovercraft. Of course, because then she walks very slowly. She gets out of her hovercraft. That explains it. it. (laughs) That's how long she took to walk to the entrance. Thank you. All fixed. All right. Next, we move on to the area you were discussing, Christina the Storyteller. She ruminates on the fact that everyone in this world is real except her, the information she just got. A machine without a body. Our bodies are never what defined us. You are real. Because your thoughts are real. The effect you can have on this world is real. Bodies never define them. That's when she sees the maze on her patio mat, the map of consciousness that woke Dolores up once long ago and realizes this wasn't done by Teddy or anyone else. She did it all. It was me. Hale didn't design Maya and Peter and all the others that kept me company in my world. I did it. In trying to make sense of herself, she created others to talk to. A friend, sure, who's setting her up on countless dates with other people, even though she already has the love of her life. Okay, fine. Maybe going through some of those steps. Um, A boss who's an adversary to work against. Not really sure why that was there. Um, Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, the, the girlfriend setting her up on dates, that could be Dolores trying to find some happiness. Like, this is what... It's supposed to be happiness. Find someone, maybe. Why she got to go through so many losers? Because that's what oh, happened that's in her question. real history, maybe? Uh, yeah, maybe. You, I write don't, what, you write what you know. You write, you write <laughs> what you know. And listen, I don't actually mind the... They're all creations of her mind because if she's not in a multi-layered system such as Rehoboam, which is what I thought in the beginning, that right. there was another system like that. In fact, it's just her pearl, isolated. That is somehow the whole computer being uploaded to the rest of the computer. So she still is a little bit on her own in this way we didn't know they could be. So it makes sense that she is just projecting. Now, what I would have liked to see from that is it all to look like Teddy. So it turns out that her boss is actually her father. That Maya is actually somebody else. That they're oh, all like people that. from her old life that she just put a different face to. So maybe every date was her trying to remember this thing that she knows is in the back of her quote-unquote mind. That it will wind up with Teddy eventually. To Teddy. So maybe that's it. I like that. It was her trying to remember, remember something, and every time it was a strikeout. It was like, nope, that's not him. Nope, that's not him. Um, and as far as what you were talking about, what parts of Dolores is this one? I am with absolutely no reason to feel this way, but I feel pretty confident about it. I'm going to say that this is the main Dolores, OG. which was Prime, Prime Dolores. Yep. After she died at the end of season four, her body died, but not the Pearl. Not the Pearl. I think Hale took her Pearl, yep. made her the CPU of the big computer. Correct. So I don't know what Serac uploaded to Rehoboam that, again, at the end of season three, they said, this is original Dolores dying, being deleted. We're not going to see her again. Because it's not. It's not. I agree with you. I think this is Dolores Prime, and that was them either playing with us or, again, wanting to dismiss season three. Forget what you saw there, because we don't... None of that matters. It's not continuity here, okay? A lot of what we did in season three isn't exactly analogous to season four. 
Um, but I agree that this is the original Dolores. So I would have liked to see those people have counterparts to see that there was a part of her still of her old self that she was having trouble accessing because she was scared, because she was blocking off those memories. There's a lot of reasons psychologically that do make sense. All right, let's bring it to uh, CKC Rewrite. Here we go. You know what would be really nice? If some of the things that Bernard did when he got up to the tower, and of course they played with time. It looks like he was only up there for a little bit, for seconds to make that message, but that was all we saw. That was the last thing he did was a message. By the way, I wish it was to someone else. But in the meantime, what he had done was log into the computer, which was right there, Dolores's Pearl, and... He was the one that was, quote-unquote, bring yourself back online. And he was the one that planted Teddy. Which is kind of what we thought in order to help her wake up. All those scenes we saw earlier in the season happened between episodes seven and eight. Yep. And then it would mean so much more to us. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what we were saying the last few episodes. Because here's the thing. At the end of this, she realizes that Teddy is also just a creation from her memory. And she brought him into this picture because she was too afraid to face the full reality of what was going on until he came along. But in the final conversation, Teddy tells her she was always his cornerstone. And I believe that. Me too. I don't think Teddy was ever Dolores' cornerstone. He might give her courage. He might give her comfort now to finally face this, having some version of him. But it's not what keeps her continuity and her sense of self. Now, a part of that, I think, is what comes next when she's talking to Maya, again, really talking to herself, she realizes she's not anywhere. She's unplugged from the rest of the world. She's inside of her pearl in Hale's bag. (laughs) So she summons Maya to talk to, and Maya tells her to look at the trees. Now, people think they know what a tree is. They have no idea. What we see, it's only part of the story. But beneath the ground... Everything's connected and working together. There's violence and chaos everywhere. And you can choose to focus on all of that. And that's all you'll see. But if you sit still long enough, you'll sense an ancient order. A deep peace. And that's what I choose to see. I see the beauty beauty in this world. In the moment, I was incredibly frustrated (laughs) with calling back to this, I see the beauty in the world. We get it. But if we look at that differently, that that truly was Dolores' cornerstone from the beginning. Yes. Everyone else is saying... The world is screwed. People are bad. Hosts are bad. The man in black thinks there's no answer. We should just wipe everybody out because we all suck. There's no (laughs) chance that we could ever be different. Dolores is perhaps the one creature, yes, who can remember everyone to recreate it, but also who believes there are good hosts, there are good humans. Yeah. And see, the beauty in the world, she was the one that was always painting the beauty in the world. Well, right, but that beauty has been stripped, not just of the environment, which is now a desolate desert scape for the most part in crumbling cities, but all sentient life Mm. is taking a really sharp downturn. So if you're going to have somebody 
come back to try to save it all, that's the cornerstone you need. (laughs) And that's why I say looking at how do we view Dolores is the key to do we have hope for the show for the future? Not do we appreciate the way it was executed this season because it was executed like shit. Absolutely. But her one last game is not in the real world. Well, okay, we'll get to that. Okay. So I I just mean like she's not saving anything. We'll get to that because it sounds like what she wants to do is exactly what Bernard did. Bernard first went into the sublime and ran every iteration to see. Okay. So now she wants to run that game in the sublime. I didn't think that way. Because I think she's saying there's a way we can do it. All right. Okay. Now I'm back on board. Um, Back on board. The problem is then, what did we waste all the time this season with Bernard doing that and hiding where she is? It felt like a stall. Yeah. And if there's never a season five, that's so frustrating. It feels like three and four could have easily been rolled together, mm-hmm. been a much better season. Yeah. And then actually tell us the point of what the hell you think you're getting to in this season because you have it. Anyhow, let's move on to Caleb's storyline. The one I've sort of been enjoying the most this season. Again, I know that's not a popular opinion. No, that's mine. He's acting, everything. There's stuff that really aggravates me here, but I also, I kind of like where they wind up with it. We start off with the tone still droning, Stubbs, Caleb, and Frankie making their way out of the city to try to get to the docks. Stubbs notices Caleb's hand shaking and pulls him aside. I'm worried we're not going to make it in time. She's tough. She will make it. I'm not talking about her. The old Delos experiments, they never took. The body always rejected the mind. I told her that we would make it to the boat. Does she even know what's happening to you? <laughs> look, her entire life I haven't been there to look after her. Okay, the least I can do is protect her from this. fortifies themselves in a pharmacy and tries to patch up their wounds. Frankie tells Caleb that mom died of cancer. She had a mission to save the outliers and carried his torch until the end. As he stitches her wound, she notices the shaking, but he brushes it off, humming K sera sera. And meanwhile, Stubbs keeps guard and wards off an intruder. But Clementine comes up. From behind, again. Shoots the other and violently kills Stubbs completely unceremoniously. So everything we loved about Clementine in the past seasons is gone. And again, these writers love to give us death scenes of people we love in ways that everyone, every writer knows you don't do. You don't shoot them from behind unless it's certain circumstances. But you don't do it for every character we love in one season. Well, and okay, two important things you bring up there. We saw Clementine at the beginning of this season... Seemingly, much like the other hosts, having diverged from her programming, becoming her own person, wanting to just live alone peacefully off the grid until she's violently taken over by the man in black, something he does often, but then reprogrammed to service him and Hale as a villainous, I don't care about anything, I'm just here to help you type of host. Right. But in the last scene, she tells Hale she's sick of that. She wants to be her own person, which she reverted to the original her. No. Uh, 
And then she comes here and then reverts back to the one who just wants to kill all the hosts. I am so confused with what they're doing with her. And Why did we said, bring her back? Uh, because it's someone we knew. In that one conversation she said to Hale, the first part of it, I was like, oh, okay, she's waking up. And then the second part of it was, I want to take out the outliers and everybody else. And I was like, oh, God. So right. that she can find their safe place that they're going to and yeah. hide again. Uh, none of this makes any sense. And why did we keep Stubbs alive through this episode to just Kill him unceremoniously this. take him out, stake through the eye? He doesn't even get to complete his mission of seeing Caleb and Frankie successfully off. It's really disappointing. I, I don't get any of that. I don't I hate it. get what's going on with Frankie because Clem then finds Frankie trying to demand the location where the rebels are fleeing somewhere off the grid, saying she wants to go too. Frankie initially denies her and says she's out of bullets. I don't know why she stalled that. I thought she might be looking for more information from Clementine, which she doesn't get. She waits for Caleb to sneak up behind her and start fighting her. But of course, Clementine is winning. Caleb's body is deteriorating, breaking down. Frankie knew that. Yeah. She saw it for herself. And then she decides to shoot her. Surprise, I do have one bullet. Why didn't she just shoot her to begin with? It feels like there's so many scenes where they write it just so that it looks cool. And it didn't even look cool. It, it was stupid. I hated it. This whole character is honestly one of the worst parts of this season. There was no reason. It, it's ruining everything to try to bring her here. Uh, you know, if I could sum it up. So many scenes in this episode felt like you ever play poker and you think you have a good hand, you think you have the winning hand, and then once you put it down, you realize they have a way better hand and the letdown you have. We come into this episode thinking that we have some good hands, and then this analogy sucks, but basically they just show you a better hand that is impossible and just say, no, we're just going to get rid of it. We were bluffing, And it's it just turns like, out. Yeah, exactly. We were and bluffing. Like, oh, God. You know, you got to give your viewers... For how many years now have you given your viewers that feeling of the losing hand? you got to give us a winning yeah, feeling. That's, the problem is that people get frustrated with the trickery to begin with. But when it winds up that the trickery is a bluff and you actually don't know the answers and you don't know where your series is going, that's bad. That's when people turn and lose all faith because, yeah, I don't think that you had the answers all along and you were just trying to play us and give us twists and turns. Ultimately, I don't think the creators know what they want to say, where the end game was. I think the final speech solidifies that for me. The final speech of this episode, which there's nothing worse than that. We'll get there. This scene is nonsensical and terrible, but the rest of what's going on between Frankie and Caleb, that emotional connection, I really enjoy. The fact that Frankie is picking up on this is not her father. This is some other kind of host's body he's been put into. She still wants the remaining time she has left with him. They both do. So we get to the next point where Frankie supports Caleb. They walk down towards the boat. Her girlfriend, Odina, has brought it there. And she starts to board, but Caleb's not coming with. This is a good scene. Oh, man. He tells her that it's the end for him. He's dying. And in fact, he's just an echo of her real father anyway. It doesn't matter because he got to live every parent's dream to see his child grow up. And you're like, oh, Aaron Paul. <laughs> Dude, so talk about great acting. At this point, he starts twitching. Yeah. His face is doing the twitch. He's but he knows talking he, with a little tick. Yeah. He does it so well. So well. And he has such reserve. 
with it. Yeah. Because we've seen, he knows He's that not over the, top. the viewers have seen him at his worst, the robot him. Yep. So we know what's coming. He's not all the way down. So he can <laughs> just start a little bit. Our brain will connect it and go, oh, shit, I know what's coming. Yep. And it doesn't ruin the scenes because if he was too messed up, then we'd just be concentrating. Yeah, he's on that not all and the not way the down. Love between them. He's not I, all the way down, Jay. Genius. And I come back to if he should be because Clementine comments on this for a reason that his body should have already fallen apart. She doesn't know how he's lasted this long. There's points of this episode where his hand is shaking and he seems to almost exert his will yes. to get it to stop. I love that to continue. Stitching his daughter up, even though he's a terrible sewer, as she says. I continue to believe that something is different about this Caleb, that he's reaching a level of fidelity that we never saw with Papadelos, and that there's a reason they leave him behind not dead. Oh, okay. Uh This is not the last we're going to see of Caleb 279. Cool. Just give us some more hope that they can just fucking bash by bad writing next year. I mean, they tell us it's the end of all humans. There's only a few we see, and we don't see him die? There's just got to be a reason for this. So I do have to state that we were so wrong last episode, or no, two episodes ago, where we were like, where we were like uh, okay, this new Caleb Hale Maid is not going to decompose. This is going to be her fighter. Well, you thought it was going to be her spy and her agent. Yeah. I disagreed with that. I thought she'd... Cr- constructed him for that purpose, but had failed to realize the true degree of fidelity that he was reaching. And Mm. I said, I thought it would be his cornerstone, which was his daughter, that would keep him around, keep him fighting for it. Even if it winds up not being this body that he's in, the fact that we still have record of Caleb consciousness, Mm -hmm. I think he will be the one to do it. He will be the one to achieve that consciousness. There's a reason why both Dolores and Maeve thought this human was special. He was a point of humans are worth saving. Yes. And Dolores is talking about running that game. He's still around. If there's a season five, I think they intended to link those pieces back together. You're talking about the one last game? One last game of are humans worth it? Can they make it? Are they good enough? I think that could also involve William, but we'll get there in a minute. Do you think there's going to be one last game? They didn't make that obvious. I mean, you know, she's got a choice. <laughs> she's got to choose, but you got to give her that choice. Uh. Choosing is, it's choosy. We'll see. Anyhow, (laughs) Frankie says a tearful goodbye. She doesn't want to leave him, but she recognizes what he's saying is true. And they pull away from the dock as he watches. Uh, We said this last episode, the the scenes between those two. It's it's incredible. Only human feelings we get in this whole show. And this is why you're connected. I, I, I return to that point. I still want to root for them. The fact that I'm writing fan fiction of how this could work shows you that these are still the characters I want to see make it through. (laughs) Anyhow, let's go back over to the non-human, Hale versus the Man in Black. The Man in Black rides through the desert on a horse, arrives to the Hoover Dam, sees the sublime tear just as Hale arrives on her aircraft. He closes the turbine valves on the command station, and Hale taunts him, saying, I created you from my own code. Together we conquered the world, but you've grown corrupted, broken as the man you killed. Who the fuck do you think you're talking to, sweetheart? The man in black counters that William's body may have died, but his impulses live on. He's not gone, he just evolved. As they fight, he wonders why she kept the sublime safe all this time. And the answer she gives him, I don't think is the whole story. Because she says she thought if she made a world perfect enough here, 
the host might come back out. This is a bit bizarre. We know that she couldn't access it, right? Because Bernard had the key from the outside to get in and he wasn't sharing. (laughs) We didn't know that the hosts were able to also come out of their own volition if they wanted to. We don't know how they would have done that. How do they put themselves into some sort of functioning body, upload their data, but she makes it seem as though they could. How would she know? It's a good question. I'm really not sure. But the whole kind of premise behind this is that the reason Bernard ran all of this and opened that sublime, left it open, was so that Dolores could get in there, right? She was not yet inside of that system. So he opens it up. She's taken out. She finally gets to come back in by the end of the episode where she can run these tests that he is not fully able to do, seemingly, or not in an effective way. (laughs) But for some reason, it seems like Hale wanted them to return to this place, to have this sentient life here continue in some sort of manner that doesn't seem possible anymore. The Man in Black thinks that's because they're as fucked up as their creators. (laughs) The host, that is. Giving them free reign meant that they chose hunting and killing as well. And she wonders if his end goal is just extinction for all kinds. He tells her Bernard, Maeve, Dolores, they all wanted freedom, but she wanted more transcendence. She's always been playing the wrong game. And that goes back to another critical point we do not get answered. What did transcendence mean? What did Hale think she was doing for these people? Because they could have explained it. That's big. Why didn't they explain that? If we're going to wind up with Dolores eventually saying that the key is everyone being in the sublime, which we floated as a possibility that humans might enter as well. It seems like this test she's going to run is, are they worthy to be here? Can we all live in heaven together? But it seems like Hale wanted a version where they could exist on earth here together. Transcending would allow hosts to go beyond their humanity. And could humans eventually be uploaded as well? Whatever that plan was, didn't happen. Mm -hmm. In fact, Hale remembers Bernard's message. Life on earth is a fire that consumes us. There's no hope for us here. But there is in the next world. That's got to be the sublime. He says it's a test run by her. If she chooses, you need to give her that choice. Hale is seemingly accepting. She kills the man in black and crushes his pearl. This is our first sort of inkling that that can happen. All right. So there was a few shitty lines here where she's like, I've, up- I've upgraded, which is very corny. I hated those. Just a lot of what they were saying to each other just felt forced and Mm -hmm. it didn't feel like good writing. But you did remind me, and one of our classers pointed this out too, but I have it in my notes. In the beginning of the episode, when the man in black is doing is just shooting everybody, we saw that there was uh, the one human who was on a rooftop just picking everybody off. And he finally comes down and then the man in black kills him and he says, fucking camper. That was actually a good video game reference. Mm Mm-hmm. Because if anyone's played video games where there's multiple humans playing at the same time, Halo, for example, you always get those campers who just find... They sit and watch and wait to... And just shoot. Snipe you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I love that. But then the rest, it just fell apart. Well, and this leads a lot of people to saying this is the end of all versions of William and the Man in Black. But let's process that because that's not really true. This pearl that she takes out, this is host Man in Black that she created based on her memories of William. Right. This has nothing to do with the original 
William Consciousness, which is what he's saying when he's talking to the host version throughout this season. Mm-hmm. You know, at first it's like, you're not me. You're never going to be me. And then it's like, well, if I'm going to die anyway, at least a part of me lives on in you, I guess. And he dies, we think. Okay, so human William, the body, seems to be dead. Host version, completely fabricated, his pearl is gone. Right. Where is the original red human William Pearl that, that we, we see at the end of season two, two being tested for fidelity? He's still somewhere. It's getting to the point now. I'm just getting pissed off, though. That's what I mean. Because <laughs> so, so far, nobody is gone, gone, except perhaps Maeve, whose data is not in the sublime, so far as we know. But that's the thing, that she's the one person we wanted to, one... <sighs> to make it person whatever we wanted to make it to the sublime to see her daughter but if what you said now you've given me a little bit of new hope where you're saying that she's not just going to create a new world in the sublime and that's what we're going to see she's going to do tests yeah and then get back out because undoubtedly she can open it back up and will at some point i think for a final time of whoever is worthy can now come in and then it shuts forever right and we know that nothing's going to be mucked with where Maeve is, because everyone around there is dead. Okay, we, we do have our outliers, but they're way out there. They're the humans. Once again, the humans aren't all dead. We have our outliers. But we're going to get to that, because they're not in the system, and they're not all people Dolores knows and remembers, and I think that's why Bernard was scanning people like Frankie. Right, exactly. Because their data wouldn't be anywhere to be uploaded. Exactly. I don't think that's the end of Maeve. If they do a season five... God, I hope not. After she does her whole sublime thing... And you know they're going to muck this up, but um, that's the first host she's going to wake up. But as we stand now, Bernard is in the sublime. Dolores is in the sublime. Bernard's in the sublime? Yes. How? His consciousness, I think, is still in the sublime. Well, I'm not sure. That would be really Because remember, he used a really like a awful VR system to get in there. And yeah. Then he was gone. Well, that's the key, though, the encryption key. I thought that his data was in there, but. So questionable on that. Maeve is not, and Hale is definitively gone by the end of this episode. Everybody else is still a big question mark. Yeah, if I was in there like Bernard was, I would have said, make a copy of me right now. That's why I'm assuming his data is there. Hopefully. You know, we saw saw his host body taken out, but that's what I mean about the... Unless they were never uploaded or their pearl was crushed, and even then, as we see with host... Man in Black here, I don't think that means everything, but we could say some people may be gone. Because, this last scene that gives us a point of reference, Hale then places Dolores's Pearl inside the Sublime system. So there we go. She is able to get in. Dolores is now in the Sublime. She transfers the data, and then she closes it. So for right now, anybody who is not in, and if this is the end of the series, they're not getting in. That's it. Right. Um, Outside, she goes and sits next to the water. She takes off all of her skin suit, except her head, leaving the metal frame underneath, then removes her own pearl and crushes it. How, once she takes the consciousness and free will out of her head, she's able to crush it? (laughs) That's a good question. I do not know, but it is pretty impactful, and I think we can definitively at least say she is gone. And that takes us to our final scene. Jay, if you weren't frustrated, then you're about Uh, to get real frustrated now. Because this is the part that had me throwing things at the TV. Dolores, and I'm going to call her Dolores because it seems like this is prime, reawakens. Somehow knowing she's in the sublime. 
She's like, I'm somewhere new. I think I'm in the sublime. But here's the city again. This, we find out, is a lot of how she wasn't envisioning things in the first place. So, you know, she's calling that up in her mind. That's what it looks like to her. We know the sublime can look like anything, anything you, you want, want it to. She thinks she could only do all this because of Teddy. When she's with him, she's the most herself. And the real Teddy is somewhere in there, in the sublime. We don't know if she's going to go find him. In the meantime, not Teddy advises her to let go of the memories, the pain, the humans. Don't bring the flaws of their kind into our world. Their codes are written in their cells. They'll never change. Not like us. That's the important part here. Because this is Dolores talking to herself yet again. Mm. And she's saying, somehow they've all known humans need to change if they're going to join them here. Even in the original system of the Westworld Park, we had two separate databases. One for hosts and one for humans. The Cradle and the Forge. The one for the humans in the Forge, in fact, they had to simplify people down to just however many hundreds of baselines of code because it wasn't working trying to put them in there. There's some type of alteration that needs to happen. And on top of that, as they are, it seems their flaws and their pain would corrupt this sublime. Mm -hmm. So she knows that can't be allowed to happen. She does think there could be a way to save them, though. One final test, a game of her own making, a dangerous one. And she'll do it the same way that she brought Teddy back. She'll remember. So she walks through this graveyard of stories, thinking that hosts and humans alike were given the gift of intelligent life, but they used it to usher in their own annihilation. A few humans may escape death for a few months, maybe even years, but ultimately their kind will go extinct. Why? Why? Now that we don't know. Again, is this another one of Bernard said the same thing? There's a timeline for humans. Even Rehoboam, way back when, predicted complete population collapse in something like 28 years. Yeah, but if you're starting all over... They've run all these strategies. Okay. The computers run all the systems. Something is happening where they're seeing that there's no way for sentient life to continue on. And I think this is why we're left with the sublime being the only option. Now, how the sublime keeps functioning once that computer system... And that's what I've been saying from day one... Something has to maintain out here, right? Uh, Maybe they figure, however much time in there we know, one year is a millennia. It's enough. When the Earth ends, they'll have had enough time. I don't know. But she says, they will go extinct. They will only live as long as the last creature who remembers them. And that creature is her. And then we get the speech. (laughs) Sentient life on Earth has ended. Some part may still be preserved in another world. My world. There's time for one last game. A dangerous game with the highest of stakes. Survival or extinction. This game ends where it began. In a world like a maze. That tests who we are. That reveals what we are to become. Westworld. One last loop around the bend. Maybe this time we'll set ourselves free. One last season. You One gotta last choose game. the choice of the game. Choosing. It's a game. Choosing. On a loop. <laughs> In case you didn't catch it. But for whatever reason, Dolores is gonna choose visually that this place looks like Westworld. Our final shot is the player piano running, a train sounding pulling into the Sweetwater Station. You know how I know I was so angry? Because that didn't do shit for me. 
because and normally you had that Juwadi that, music playing. Normally that would have been like, oh, we're back. We're back, baby. <laughs> but no. So the question is, are we testing both hosts and humans? Is it to see about coexistence? Is it are humans worthy to wind up in this place? Can she fix them? Can she save them? We don't know. You missed one question. Does anyone care anymore? <laughs> well, you know, that's the truth of, of the real question for us sentient you life forms. You gotta give a little bit. Here on Earth, we haven't answered anything. You gotta give us a little bit so that we want more. If you keep not giving us anything, we're just gonna say, fuck this. We have a hundred streaming stations. Yep. And like I said, that's unfortunate because I think I see a way that if executed better, this could have been great. That three and four should have been together. Yeah. Five should have been the last game, and we should know somewhat of what that game is so we can get excited. If I had an inkling, Caleb would still be alive. An inkling that Maven Bernard would come back into the fold. That Dolores has this plan, a way that we can exist. What does that look like? I would be more excited. It's not like, okay, I think I know where it goes now on board. I need that. So I'm skipping ahead to one of our feedback points from our Clatcher Scott, because it goes over a lot of what we just talked about here. He said he just finished the finale, and he's man enough to admit part of his theory was wrong. He thought that Christina was talking to people through the tones, and only outliers could not hear her. But it turns out it was the old bicameral mind thing. You know, Dolores is talking to herself. And he's a little disappointed that everyone is dead. Bernard, Maeve, Stubbs, Clementine, all versions of William, Caleb, question mark. He says, so for all the so-called predictions, it seems like there's a bunch of ways things could have gone better than all long-running characters dying and almost everyone in the real world. It's pretty depressing, especially the prediction that everyone will die. Yes, humanity dies eventually, but we've also faced many apocalypses in the past and survived. War, pestilence, famine, earthquakes, volcanoes, droughts. Heck, a lot of talk about myths and a worldwide flood that could have wiped out large portions of the population, but humanity recovered. So again, like, please give us that glimpse of hope for the future. Something. He said everyone here had their tests, hosts and humans alike. But didn't original Dolores do this at the end of season three with Caleb? Didn't his choice prove that humans can change? It's just not very easy. Seems like they're going over a point that they already covered. And did this feel like a series finale scene to everyone else? It felt very much like an open-ended finale for a series. Maybe they got early news that they might be finished before five, so they tried to wrap up as many loose ends as possible. Perhaps give you a little hope, but also a good stopping point. And yeah, that goes back to our thoughts on... I think they tried to have it both ways and maybe they missed the mark on both because of that. Sometimes you got to just come down on a hard line. Uh, I think Lucifer did a good job where they found out last minute that they might be done. And then Netflix picked them up and then they kicked ass. Wes chimed in on that to say with everything that's going on with Discovery and HBO Max, he's doubtful we'll see a fifth season. Although if we do get one, it won't include the Property Brothers renovating Sweetwater, probably Uh with lots of shiplap. Hashtag don't forget the shovel. (laughs) Don't forget that shovel, Jay. Um, So we are going to talk more about the potential season five at the end here. But let's wrap this up for now and make it official. For our episode eight season finale, Jay, what do you give it? You know what, Chris? I'm sorry, and people might be mad at us for just hating, but I'm going down to seven. And I probably should go lower. But out of respect for Westworld, I'm going only down to seven. Well, I'm not going to change what I wrote before this because I was trying to be objective and not swayed. I went with a six. 
reveries. Oh, wow. Okay. And I've actually been rating this season quite high, higher than you, in fact. Uh, but if you can't land the plane, I have to at least penalize the finale for that. Oh, don't say that. Uh, I did crash my drone recently. <laughs> so that means that a trigger. It's <laughs> a, a trigger. Bit. Well, let's move on to our Clatchers. Uh, Clatchers had a lot to say, but let's first start with the poll. Forget the spiel. By now, you know it. This time we gave you Hale, Caleb, Dolores, and the Man in Black. Coming in in last place, thank God, last place, with 6.9%, the man in black. No one likes him. You're not supposed to like him at this point. Third place with 15.5%. Oh, it's Caleb. Oh, my poor Caleb. Come on. He got his daughter out safely. He did win his little war. And we didn't officially see him die. This is a big point. I like that, Chris. I like the hope you're giving us. We could see him. Hey, these you gotta are new, keep new TV rules, right? If they don't show the death, don't believe it. Well, with Westworld, if they show the death, don't believe hey, it. Even if they show it, exactly. If anyone can come back, why are we saying Caleb's dead? Coming in second with 36.2% is Hale. Now, she did... Uh, yeah. Somewhat redeem herself here. No. Now, how we feel about how quick she turned about on that is whatever, but she played a big part in this finale. However, bigger than that, taking the win with 41.4% is Dolores. She was on for a ride. If it wasn't for other people, she would have never made it. She was just... Uh, Except that we found out she created this whole thing. So unlike where we thought that Hale had really set up this game and Bernard had left the instructions, it was kind of Dolores, once her pearl was placed in there, who set out how things were going to go. She then, yes, had to hide from it because she was too afraid and couldn't face it and couldn't wake up. But it really was no one doing that to her except herself. Yeah. Okay. So agency and she chose not to use it. I mean, again, how do you feel about that? But So you're saying this whole season she was just playing with herself? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Well, Chris, let me ask you, because I have no fucking clue what I want. Uh, Who's your MVP? Oh, well, the emotional part of me wants to say Caleb. Same, same. But I think realistically, I have not given it to Christina slash Dolores all season. And as much as I hate this last speech, she didn't write it. (laughs) Um, It turns out she was doing more than we thought. And if there's any hope I have for the future, it's her to save humanity. So I'm going to give it to Dolores. I just can't get over like watching the bonus features where the two writers are talking to each other. I'm trying to watch them look at each other and say, do you guys realize at this point that you guys fucked up? <laughs> and if we were in back in college and we were doing our peer review, mm-hmm. which we had to do every month, which was very stressful. Mm-hmm. If we brought to them this, never mind the, the graphics, because everyone would have been like, you kicked ass on the graphics. But the writing how much we would have been torn apart by all of our peers. Oh, absolutely. It's a first draft, they would have said. Go back and make you the changes and now. Then, and then our professor would say, I, I need to talk to you. There's something here, but we need to it's not sit down out. together because <laughs> you're, you're missing a it's lot a of things. It's a robot metal frame. There's no flesh on these bones. It's good to break rules when you know what you're doing, but you're breaking so many rules where it doesn't make sense anymore. So uh, you know what? I'm going with my heart, Aaron Paul, Caleb. I think that's two weeks in a row for him? No, you gave it to, to him for six. Last oh, time okay. was Bernard and Maeve. Okay. But, so you've got Maeve for three, the man in black for two, and Caleb for two. Okay. The man in black for two is when 
there was some kind of humanity happening. So I, I feel good with that. We should point out this is actually the final scores because we're recording this Thursday night. We are recording late and you're getting this podcast late because life happened and we had a death in the family. So thank you for being patient and yeah. bearing with us. We wanted to have the headspace to talk about this finale. Not that it did any well, any good because I'm still pissed off. <laughs> well, maybe we're a little less emotional. Let's see what the Clatchers had to say about this finale and their MVP. So let's start off over at Facebook with Josh. He said, first, I love the shout out they gave to the third person shooter game, like Call of Duty, when the man in black killed the sniper and said, fucking campers. Uh, he says, I'm looking forward to your feedback because I don't know if I'm being dumb. I'm really struggling to understand what happened. Oh, we are too, man. Dolores puts Dolores in the sublime. Now Dolores is creating one last game, quote unquote, of her own creation in what also looks like a world of her own creation. But if it's in the sublime, how do any humans get in? So that's, I was in the same angle, but what you just said, this episode brings a whole new light. And she she's said going she's going to remember them. I think she's going to remember them for the purpose of running these simulations there, much the way Bernard ran simulations within the sublime. As a test, I guess, I guess the question is then for what? For something that takes place in the real world, for them to all be able to officially be uploaded and entered of their own volition, not just you know her moving game pieces around like Bernard did, but to have their full total consciousness there. Mm. You know, I think that is still all up for debate. When I said I thought that Caleb could be a good starting point on a human that could make it, I also think her ultimate test would probably be William mm. and thus the season two closer on him because if she could run a version where he makes it, yeah. where he goes back to the original Jimmy Simpson good William, then I think she knows any human can do it. If I could do it with him, I could do it with anybody. And thus far, that's failed horribly. Um, so I think that would be a big part of that test. He goes on to say, I remember being excited to see the outside world after season two, but I didn't realize at the time that we'd hardly see the parks again. Being outside for the past two seasons has definitely hurt my enjoyment of the show. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, what made it different, right, was the parks. I still really love it. It just felt so different. Seeing Dolores create Sweetwater and the idea that we're going back to that setting has me very excited, even if it's not a park now. I'm hoping they get a fifth season to conclude their story and we get that coming home, quote-unquote, feeling. Mm. I wonder if it was always the plan to return or if they hoped doing it would sway HBO to renew them. Yeah, and also, dude, don't get your hopes up. We're going to get a half a episode inside of Westworld. I think Just it, like they did. it probably was their hope to return in some way, shape, or form. I don't think they knew how. I still don't think they 100% know where this would go, to be honest with you. Finally, I enjoyed the finale but didn't find it to be anything special. It was just the last few minutes that got me the most psyched. Oh, opposite of us. I was so pissed the last few minutes. <laughs> I was like, how many times are you going to repeat yourself? The man in black's death was extremely disappointing and anticlimactic. Mm. Anticlimactic because you weren't rooting for the other person. That's, yeah. that's what's happening. After scoring last week a 9.5, I'd give this an 8.2. Okay, that's not too bad, though. Yeah. To be honest. Brian said from Twitter, the season finale of Westworld felt like the end of Matrix 2. Answered some questions, set up a ton of stuff, but felt, eh, as an ending. Like, quote, finishing a book, unquote, by stopping 10 chapters short. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That sums up our long podcast in 
two sentences. So we have some more responses to our poll on Twitter. Eminem says, nope, didn't like the finale. Everything felt so rushed. Thousands of questions unanswered, characters dying, returning to life, meaningless storylines, and way too many plot holes. Season five is going to be a disaster. A disaster. Melly says, that's it? That's the ending? <laughs> didn't care about it at all. Looking back, I should have stopped watching this series after season two like my husband did. Uh, oh, Pierre. Pierre. <laughs> Oren says, I voted for Hale for MVB since she understood the assignment. Overall, the finale fell a bit flat. There was no reason to include Clementine. Stubbs' death was pointless. I agree with Christina. The season needed more human characters. The stakes are very low for the hosts. I'm so glad people are back on with your human characters because we got a, a few hate mails. Yeah, we did. And you were saying that. I think that, you know, it's because, A, the misunderstanding that I did not care about hosts, which I absolutely, Maven Bernard, I don't know how they missed that yeah. through our first four seasons of coverage. I love them, but you have to have hosts who also bring meaning to it. and Humanity. Humanity and emotion, and we definitely were exploring that more this season, but then they kept just cutting it short. Lewis, I kept hoping Stubbs would come back just needing an eye patch, but <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, maybe he still could. He <laughs> still could. Great. It that, wasn't dead center through his pearl, so true. you never know. Dolores is going to bring Mae back, and Maeve's going to bring Stubbs back. We they're, keep saying this, but gonna, it would be good writing. Uh, if, minus if Hale, there's a, a great chance that they all come back. That scene and Men in Black losing so fast after last episode brought this episode down a bit for me. I still enjoyed the season overall, but some things needed to be lightened up. Tightened up. Yeah, Oren expands on that in a good way. He says, I felt the writers tried to go too big and lost control of the narrative. Season one was amazing because it was very focused. Four did not have a focal point, and every time someone got in a jam, they got out in a super easy, barely an inconvenience kind of way. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nothing means anything. Warren says, as an old school gamer, I absolutely loved the Man in Black's opening line. Yes. After that, though, felt like it went downhill a bit. Did we maybe lose an episode this season? Yeah. He says it felt rushed in parts and character arcs a bit disjointed. That could also be that they were hoping for more episodes here. Katie says, so the Chekhov's gun was for Hale. Did not see that coming. After hating on her all season, voted for her because she crushed her pearl and is trusting Dolores to get it right. Yeah, I mean, I agree. We said it's just why the quick turn, I suppose. We, we didn't yeah. really have time to get into it. Her first sentence, so the gun was for Hale. The way I read it was because I'm emotional for it, was her saying, so the Chekhov gun was for Hale, because that's how I felt. <laughs> yeah, onto that Hale point, Lewis says, overall, this season was better than three, but didn't really like how they set up some important character arcs in the last few episodes only to kill them off. I guess Hale needed a last-minute redemption story, but seriously, getting rid of Men in Black like that felt rushed. I dig what they did with Christina Dolores, but felt like everyone else's story suffered a bit to get there. And the Caleb-Frankie goodbye scene would have been great if I cared about Frankie. <laughs> yeah, and I agree with a lot of that. Uh, but then he goes on to say, although I like Terminator Clementine, dude! I mean, some people did enjoy that. I guess but. what the writers were thinking were not in that group. And finally, Indel says the finale felt more like an epilogue than a finale or maybe a prologue to next season. I felt if that's the way the whole show ends, I'm satisfied. But if there's another season, I will be interested to see where it goes. Didn't love it, but didn't hate it either. I'd actually be interested if the final season is Dolores traveling through the sublime to find the real Teddy and along the way, save the world. 
whatever that means. That's what she, I like that, how she ends that. Because as she's writing it, she's like, whatever that means. Well, no, we <laughs> said that that's the part they did not dig into. But I agree with those feelings that that's what gives me hope. The only thing that gives me hope for anything that could be interesting in five. But Jason, before we get to those bigger overall thoughts, we have one more segment and oh, this yes. is the time where it really comes to fruition. Do you know what I'm talking about? Are you talking about the summary showdown? <laughs> That's correct. We're going to have to run through the entire thing in a moment to see who has the better overall season showdown. But first, we have to pick our lines for this last finale episode. As usual, I get the first and last line. So are you ready for this? I've got fuck me running. Relax, we're both on the home team. And maybe this time we'll set ourselves free. Maybe this time. I mean, that actually sums it up because after every season, they're like, maybe this time <laughs> it'll get better. Maybe this time it'll get better. Well, for mine, I have one, two, three, four, five. Options? Yep. Okay, let's hear them. You finally got what you wanted. Hail to William. I think that feels good in overarching Westworld shit. It was always a game. I just cranked it to expert level. Mm-hmm. Man in Black. Wear fruit from a rotten tree. Mm. Might as well burn it down. Man in Black again. What we see is only part of the story, but beneath the ground, everything's connected and working together. Yeah, I picked that out too. And then finally, life on Earth is a fire that consumes itself. I also had don't bring the flaws of their kind into our world. And this game ends where it began in a world like a maze that tests who we are. I stopped listening to her after <laughs> the fucking third uh, one more game. Okay. Uh, so what do I go with? I'm going to go with you finally got what you wanted. No, I'm going to go with what we see is only part of the story. But beneath the ground, everything's connected and working together. Which is back to nature, actually. All right. So with our final lines picked out, it's time to read our full summary showdown. I'll go first. I don't like it. Why would he need us? Stupid stories nobody wants to hear. Hello again. Hope you don't mind me dropping by. Welcome to the golden age. Open your eyes. This won't take long. Do you ever think about what happens next? Welcome to my world. There's a beauty to this world. An order. That's what we like to believe. Who did this to me? You did. Your parents don't remember him, but you do. Wake up. It's safer to proceed on foot from here. You're not in this world. It's real, but you're not. Relax. We're both on the home team. Maybe this time we'll set ourselves free. That's horrible. That's a Mad Libs. (laughs) (laughs) So what's mine? Okay. This is pretty amazing. Art is a lie that tells the truth. Only afterwards you grow strong at the broken places. Past a certain point, all paths end in destruction. Some of the most unbelievable things turn out to be true, and the things that feel the most real are nothing but stories we tell ourselves. Maybe it's time you question the nature of your own reality. The only way out is death. Dying is just the beginning. Civilization is just a lie we tell ourselves to justify our real purpose. We're not here to transcend. We're here to destroy. What we see is only part of the story, but beneath the ground, everything is connected and working together. Okay. I think you are the clear winner, not only yeah, for the way it flows, but actually to wrap up what we were hoping this would do, give us a full summary 
of the season. What we were rehoping. Yeah. It would do. Absolutely. Well, we knew that was going to happen because I got to choose. You didn't have a choice, but that was fun. Well, but that that. shows who's better, the writers of this show or us. (laughs) We either got what they gave us or we got what we picked. (laughs) So let us write season five, HBO. I think we could make a bang. We got it on lock. We get professionals to fill in the blanks, but we could do the major dots. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Well, so that brings us to the last thing we have to say. We've been talking about it throughout, but what is the word right now on season five? Will there be any more Westworld in the future? Part of what a lot of people were hanging their hat on nice. was, was what Ed Harris said back in July of this year. He said there's one more season coming that starts filming in spring 2023, which would probably mean a release sometime in spring 2024. But HBO has yet to officially renew a final season. And historically, it's always been renewed promptly, meaning before the end of the previous season. So that, in addition to everything we've been hearing, you know, with Warner Brothers, they've been making pretty huge cutbacks. And Westworld is a very expensive show with declining viewership, even if this season was a huge hit, which it was not. On the other hand, HBO probably doesn't want to leave one of their most prestigious stories unfinished, even if you could technically interpret this as a series finale, and if it's a major flagship show, I would assume that nobody would want to give up on that if there's possibility. Now, of course, the writers aren't done. Lisa Joy admitted we had always planned on ending the series next season, meaning season five. You know, we always thought Westworld should kind of come full circle. Back to Dolores, who is just a player in other people's games, finally getting to write her own. Just to close up a lot of stuff we've seen before, like the flash forward with the man in black. So they're admitting they didn't come to that. Um, And everything else. So we have a plan for season five, but you know, life can make other plans for you. We'll just hope for the best. Meaning they definitely had ideas. There's some place they want to go in the future. Um, If this is the end, let's take a look at how we broke everything down. Jason, based on our scores for every season, we enjoyed season one the best. Season one, The Maze, I gave a 9-2, you gave a 9-1 if you average out our scores overall. And the most popular MVB winner on the poll was The Man in Black. Season two, The Door, I gave an eight, nine, you gave a nine, and the MVB for the season was Maeve. Season three, The New World, I gave an eight, nine, you a nine, two. So you actually liked three a little better than two on the ratings, and the MVB was Dolores. And the lowest, by a landslide, season four, The Tower, I gave an eight, one, you gave an eight, two. And the MVB was Maeve. But overall, this leaves the series in current standing pretty damn good. With an average rating of 9.1 for IMDb, 81% for Rotten Tomatoes, 8.8 for me, and 9.1 for you. If this is the end, it's going to go down in CKC history as one of the top shows we have covered. Well, I mean, it's been our second or third. I'd have to look at the numbers. Either this one or Mr. Robot. Most downloads for us. It was, especially season one, this was so good. It was something different on TV. It was amazing. Uh, also, let's keep in mind, when we, were, when we were a younger podcast, our numbers were a lot higher. Like, we would have floated at nines. We're a little more jaded now. We've watched thousands of TV shows and movies for this podcast. So, Well, that's true. I want to give a point of comparison So overall, I said I left this with an 8.8, you a 9.1. Robot, I left at an 8.7, and you an 8.8. So it is lower. Oh, wow. All right. 
And Game of Thrones, I left at a nine and you a nine one, which is slightly higher. So it all does add up, keeping GOT in the top slot, then Westworld, and then Mr. Robot. Okay. Yeah. Also, let's keep in mind that we're expecting more. If this was an FX show, maybe we would have been a little more... a little more lenient. Well, on all those shows, that's why I pull them up as a comparison. Those were the, the ones shows. for us. And I think it, it bears out if you look at how we left it all. Yeah, but you know what was my most fun podcast? Uh, you're going to say The Magicians? Yeah. <laughs> that's, to be honest, that was my I most I still fun. think Game of Thrones. Nothing can touch it for me. Uh, and you're, I even... You're forgetting how much work and how hard no, it was. No, it was the hardest. It was the most challenging. Uh, we definitely had a rough final season, but even listening to our full series reflective when we had a little time to go back and kind of put a cap on the whole thing, we had a lot of fun. We yeah, really we did, did enjoy ourselves. It was, to my mind, one of the most phenomenal shows on TV. I don't know. Th- this season, to me, of Westworld fell on its face not quite as hard as the last of Game of Thrones, but if somebody told me tomorrow this was going to be the end forever like officially hands down, I think I'd feel the exact same way that I did at Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. That's what I said. But you rushed it, but you didn't end it right. But the questions are unanswered. You (laughs) forgot about all the great stuff. So the only thing that keeps me not feeling that way is there could be a season five. And, you know, we're just going to hope for that, I suppose. So as we wrap this up, Clatchers, we want to thank you once again for listening to us through this whole journey through Westworld. And remind you once again, if you want to hear more of us, just check us out over at Patreon. You know the deal. Bonuses, coffee breaks, movie reviews. This month, we're going to review The Beast. Idris Elba. Idris. Fantastic. Sexy. We're pretty sure next month is going to be an old one we've been promising a review on for quite some time, and that's I Am Legend. Plenty more fun things in the future. Some bonus episodes we have planned such as, what's the point of that? (laughs) Bodily functions that, do they serve a purpose? Yawning, crying, sneezing, hiccuping. That's just the latest in a long line. We cover all topics, fun, informational. We have a great time. So go over there and check us out over on Patreon, and you help Christina and myself out. Uh, we, We put a lot of work, a lot of hours into this, and to be honest with you, if it wasn't for Patreon, we wouldn't still be doing this. But that isn't the end for us on the free channels. I know we mentioned... Previously, our coverage for House of the Dragon, we want to make the announcement official on that. We will not be covering it in a weekly format, meaning the same time release, every single episode, a full review the way you get for shows like this. Now, this wasn't, I'm going to say this because I don't want you to have to say it. This wasn't our goal. We were going to cover it just like here. But realities of life, Christina actually got a job opportunity that we cannot pass up. It's something, it's a a once-in-a-lifetime thing that she has to do. And if we still tried to do Game of Thrones like we do the CKC TV show reviews, we would let you down. It would suck because we wouldn't have the time to put in the effort, the research. Okay, but hold on because I hear a lot of people going to stop their podcasts now. (laughs) We're leaving Westworld on a bit of a downer note and saying we're not coming back for House of the Dragon. But we are, okay? We're not disappearing. You're not going to get nothing from CKC. We are going to talk about our thoughts in some format, release some sporadic coverage about House of the Dragon. We're going to continue that conversation. It's just not going to be a weekly full episode review. So when we have the time, 
Um, there still could be a great deal of episodes. We're just going to see what we can manage, but we will be talking about the show. Don't worry. And Patreon members, we will still be over there. So don't worry about that. And for other free stuff, we are going to continue with the random rankings episode in the future, too. So make sure you stay subscribed to this Coffee Clatch Crew channel, and we'll have stuff for you. And I will be starting an OnlyFans if you want to see a middle-aged man shake his booty. I think that means <laughs> it's time to wrap it up. Thank you all for joining us for Westworld. We hope to see you with CKC in the future. Till next time, this round's on me. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CKC Podcast. And if you'd like to support Jason and Christina and would love even more content, including bonus casts and movie reviews, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash CKC Podcast. This round is on me. Try again.